Hello there and welcome to the latest episodes of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. Um, I say the latest episode, this is our 200th episode, so we had all sorts of grand plans for all sorts of grand things, but um, none of them have paid off. So you've got me, you've got Ben Hibbert, <laughs> who is there. Hello there. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Sorry, it, um, dropped, it dropped out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by a uh, long-term uh, f- friend of the podcast, uh, Daryl McDowell. Good evening. Hello, mate. Um, so we've got Daryl on because um, late in the night yesterday, um, AMG put their rules forum live. Um, so we're going to have a quick canter through a few of the rulings and stuff like that in a little bit. Um, and uh, instead of it just being listening to the uninformed opinion of, of Ben and I um, arguing with each other when we don't know what the rules are, we brought on Daryl, who's recently been judging everything from Gold Squadron things to what? AXTT? You're on the XTT yeah, yeah. team as well, aren't you? Yeah, and the Firecast uh, event yeah. on two months ago ish. Yeah. So, so, yeah. yeah. Getting quite the reputation for helping out in the rules. Daryl's <laughs> my go-to for any questions. So you ask me, and then you check with Daryl to see if I'm Rich, lying. Or I not. I never ask you because I know you're talking out <laughs> your backside. Uh, I'm 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 seventy percent right most of the time. It's. <laughs> I think you're being generous there. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I'm pretty sure I remember is a good phrase to start off at the beginning of a rules conversation because from that point you can say what you like and just go, ah, oh, I was wrong <laughs> at the end of it when somebody proves you're wrong. It's all good. Um, so um, we're also going to talk a bit about the XTC, but I know the last three episodes we've massively banged on about it over and over again. So um, we don't want to talk about it too much, but um, we've just started into week three um, of seven complete yeah. weeks of games, I think. Um, yeah. So... Um, Ireland is two and zero. Oh. We're currently. Um, you, you won last round, didn't you, mate? I did. Yeah, I was quite chuffed with it. Um, Be a crushing defeat on stream. Do you know what? <laughs> the win was on stream as well. So I, was, <laughs> okay. I, I didn't see you. Yeah. Didn't see that one. No, the <laughs> um the the defeat against Django Zam. I made a couple of mistakes where I could have halved Django. And he ran away with one point left from half and I just couldn't get the shot on him. And there was a turn where I could have shot him when he was tokenless. And if I'd shot him instead of Zam, then he would have taken two and gone below half. Um, And there was another one where I dropped a proton to try and catch him instead of a seismic, which would have done some damage to me, but would have halved Django and would have put him on the the point where he would have to re-engage with him in order to get the points. Um, And it was as a result of that... um, I did that thing where you lie in bed at night, just swearing in your own head, going, oh! But, you know, as some other people pointed out, if I'd done all of that, there was still 20-something minutes left. So, you know, it wouldn't have won the game. It just would have changed the game because, you know, he'd have been able to come in and re-engage and, you know, obviously push for more points faster or whatever. So, um, but then, yeah, no, the second game... I, I was Not an easy matchup for you, though, is it, to be fair? No, um, I don't think we have a good matchup in Ireland against Django Zam, apart from our own Django Zam, who we've deliberately built to bid under most of them. Um, problem was that the Welsh one is the only one in the tournament that bids under us. Um, so we were basically saying who thinks they can have a go against this and I was like, I'm a maybe. I'll take it. I think I can beat it if it goes well for me. Um, practiced it, had a plan, executed it, didn't quite pull it off, but I was fairly pleased with my effort. 
but you know obviously upset that I didn't win. But fortunately, we won the round four three. Um, bit of a nail biter at the end, um, the last one. But um, like, I mean, mad shout out to um, Nick from Farcast, who's literally just smashing up all his games. It's like not even close. <laughs> it's like, no. yeah, and then Nick wins. Imper- Imperial bombers are terrible anyway. I don't know why anybody would fly them. I know he's flying five of them with a mixture of um, missiles and they've all got prox mines and like how far behind a ship a prox mine goes if you can drop it with any template up to a two bank. It's like, you yeah. know, <laughs> one, one, one and two straight, one and two banks, and then the and then the distance of the prox mine. It's like. Basically, if you're inside range two, out the back of that ship, it can hit you with a prox mine. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's basically the whole range two band. Uh, so if you play on TTS, then you can bring up the range band. Like that that bubble of the range two, you can pretty much cover that whole thing yeah. with um, with all the proxies. Yeah, And even if you're sitting out at range three, you can just drop them in front of you so you go over them next turn. So, you know, it's like, oh, fine. Um, or, you know, forces you to disengage or whatever. So, yeah, he's been, he's been doing cracking. Um, what's been... your, sorry, what's your next matchup then, Rich? Um, I've got Dash with Bistan and Perceptive Co-Pilot and all sorts of stuff um, and Trickshot. And then Wedge and Jake in A-Wings with Predator. And he's got a two-point bid, so he's got a four-four-five against my two-three-five. Um, so, yeah, I've been, I've been hearing he's been practicing against it. His captain's been running my list into him, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. I'm quite, I'm quite confident about the game, but maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you always say that goes. afterwards. Yeah, when you've won. No. I, I went in confident, and then if you lose, you're like, ah. Oh. I knew it was a hard matchup, so whatever points I got was hard earned. Well, the the <laughs> thing is, we're doing the um, we're doing the the pairings like um, Gary um, McDowell, captain, asks us, you know, put a like a yes, no, maybe, or a green, amber, red. Most of the teams do the same thing against each list, and then when he goes into the pairings, he tries to get more yeses or more greens than he gets reds or or noes, and then you know maybes are okay, and if he can get like three yeses. You know, three maybes and one no. Then that means we've won inverted commas the pairings, um, because we're confident that we can win three games, and they're confident that they can win one. And then all we need to do is rely on player skill. <laughs> all we need to do is rely on player skill for for one other win from the other three to to win the round. Um, so I had this dash game marked as a green, but we're playing against Croatia. So I've been chatting to Matcha and they had it. They had Venny marked as a green for the dash list as well. So one of us is wrong. Um, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've played it a couple of times before and I have beaten it. So, um, but you know, obviously different player and different wingmen because it was, um, Ahsoka Hera the last time, I think, um, you- and he had less stuff. Your Venny list is Venny, an A-Wing and an X-Wing? That's right, it? yeah. That's right, yeah. Uh, I would possibly favor you. He doesn't have the same support for Dash. Like, Dash is just doing everything sort of single-modded. Um, yeah, so, like, he can, he can, he's going to get, so he's got Perceptive Co-Pilot and he's got Jake, which means he's going to get a focus. Or he's going to get two focuses every turn. And then he's also going to get another action until kind of the the knife fight starts. Um, 
So he is going to be shooting a double modded attack followed up by a single modded attack. The thing is, if he if he takes, oh, it doesn't matter what player he takes because it's only easy, so it's it's not really relevant for shooting into dash. Um, but basically, if he um, is spending his focuses to convert to four hits, then he's gonna um, he's gonna struggle to deflect yeah. the shots that are coming after him. So, um, and he's not got many shots that I'm worried about. I don't like wedge. Wedge is nasty because he removes agility, and yes, it takes a while, but he can slowly just chip a ship down, doing you know a point here and a point there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he's 125 points a dash, so yeah, yeah have to kill you dash. can. That's how I yeah. win the game. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, um, if I kill dash with um, anything left on the board, particularly he's easy left on the board, easy I think can take um, Jake and Wedge. But it'll take time, so I just need to be very careful, keep my armor points, and continue talking like a professional footballer. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to think carefully, keep my armor points, and you know, do what's best for the team, and uh, hopefully we can, you know, go to three and zero. And yeah, but I mean, we're we're all super chuffed that we're at two two zero, because Wales was uh, super tight, and then we got five two against Colombia, um, but we were one one, and then I think two one. And then I think two two before we just kind of won the last um, three games, and so it looked a lot more comfortable than than maybe it was. But I guess that's the 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 joy of um, the joy of who orders or who schedules the games first and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, the other the other person who's kind of maybe listening or might jump in um, is the England team are currently two and zero as well, um, and I think they've got a six one, and I think they've done six one six one. Um, yes. So they've yep. smashed up um, Colombia first round and smashed up Croatia second round. Um, Honourable mention to poor Mr. Pocknell, who is who, who was the one in both of those six ones. Um, I, I, so... I believe we've referred to him as the handicap now. You know, <laughs> he's 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 decided that going seven zero each round would be uh, too extreme. So we're just trying to you know rein it back in slightly. Yeah, he's um. He says he's doing the captain's job. His his take on it, he's doing the captain's job and, and removing a bad matchup. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's ensuring he secures victory for the for the team endeavour. Um, but yeah, it's not going to help him when he's eating millions Scoville chilies or whatever it is he's bet with people. So <laughs> oh yeah yeah, um, I think that's to do with the team results. But I'm I'm pretty sure that the exact terms of the uh, of the bet won't matter when people are shouting down in one at him the next time they're playing in person X wing. With um, so just out of interest, I think uh, uh, is England Ireland in the last round, isn't it? Yeah, I, I believe so. It's so. it's last or the penultimate round, but I think it's the last round. I, th- I think it is the last round. So that would be really interesting if England are unbeaten at that point, and you know. Can the team afford to take a dive? <laughs> there, is, there is a conversation, I believe, going on um, with within the England team. Like, Kester is kind of going, I don't like losing, but I also don't like missing out on the opportunity to be Pocknell drinking hot sauce. I'm in the Discord, so I know exactly what's being said. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, um, we've, we've we've talked about um, Group C, obviously. Um, we had a bit of a surprise in Group A earlier on today. Um, Poland are currently zero and two against Singapore. 
Uh, so Singapore won the first game really, really early. Um, like they played it almost before round two had finished. They got the pairings in super early because obviously Singapore is a huge time difference. Uh, they won it on a final salvo, would you believe? 144 yes. to 144 at the end of the game. Went to final salvo and Singapore won that one. Um, and then a little bit earlier on today, while the world watched, um, Bartosz's um, resistance five ship joisting thing um, went into uh, Singapore's scum and villainy list. was like Asajj, a Kirax fighter, Paylob and Sivor. Um and lost two hundred hundred and sixty three. Yeah, yeah, man. Sounds like jank. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Un like like you you hit the thing with Asaj at four, you tractor it, and then everything else just follows up basically. And um, Bartosz's greens kind of disappeared in the first engagement, um, and then they kind of swung back again, and he got to the point where he could get it back. But by the end, there was a um. A, a Zam Wessel charged Asaj, basically just pointing at his ships, going, I've got enough health to kill one of you, and then double tap if you're not dead, and then I'm up on points, and you know, it ended up Rose with one health versus Asaj with three, and Asaj had a target lock two force and an evade token, and it was just like, yeah, we're, we're just going to shoot at each other here until somebody dies, so um, yeah, it was a bit... Um, it was a bit skewed in terms of dice results, but I mean, the, the Singapore player made a couple of amazing plays. I can't remember the guy's name, unfortunately, and I'm rubbish with them, but he made a couple of amazing plays. I think that maybe Spartos just didn't quite see coming, so he got a few shots for free where he did something a bit bit skewy, and like it wasn't a sensible move because it meant he was going over a rock next turn or whatever, um, but it got him an, un, uh, an uncontested range one shot into somebody. Um, and moved him in a way he wasn't being shot at all with his Asajj. So, yeah, it was. Um, he did a couple of really good moves. Um, but, yeah, nobody expected that outcome. Like, the the list balance, that has to have been a green matchup for Poland. Like, they have to have expected to win that one. Um, and, yeah, so it's interesting. See what see I've, what happens. I've missed so many good games. I've caught no games for the XC. All I've caught is the end of your game against the Fire Sprays. Yeah. And the mid part of Nick's game the other day. So like, it's worth pointing out that on the, the website for the XTC, which is the XTC dot space. So T H E X T C dot space as in the word. Amazing. Um, yeah. The, the only thing <laughs> that would have been better was it was just XTC dot space, but maybe people would have yeah. thought that was to do with drugs or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, um, so it's, I think, the, it, I think it's, it's not drugs that they're worrying about. I know. So it's like the <laughs> XTC dot space. There's a, a tab on there called uh, streamers and it's got a whole big list of um, who's streaming, but also now it's got an embedded um, streaming schedule. So you can look down and see which streamer is streaming what game for what round on what day. Um, so if you're worried about missing stuff because you're in a different time zone or if you're you know, wanting to put things and you can click on games and you can add them to your own calendar and stuff from it, so it's really clever. Um, so like you can not miss games. So if you do want to watch a whole bunch of different stuff, um, then absolutely. So I'm playing, for example, um, it's all in UTC time, so um, add one hour. So I'm playing at seven o'clock or eight o'clock UK time on Wednesday against um, Nicola Bakarich, 
Um, and I'm being streamed by Starfighters Italia, which is Filippo, who was on here a few weeks ago talking about the XTC. Um, wow. Head that judge. streamer schedule is amazing. Just it's gone fantastic. on it now. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And I can't believe how many stream games there actually are. Yeah. And it's like, ridiculous amount of streamers. <laughs> and it's from all over the world. And if you scroll, if, if you go to the next tab along it, um, video gallery, um, then there are all of the links to all of the Twitch games that have already been streamed. Um, so you can sit and watch them all back if you want to. It's, there's, I mean, like... There's been t- uh, eight games streamed today. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, it's genuinely bonkers. Um, it, um, my, my, my motivation and capacity for work is quite low at the minute because there's, there's, there's a football game that starts at two o'clock and there's stream games going on all day, basically. So, um, oh yeah, and now I'm looking at it, the, uh, the Singapore guy was Dawei. Um, so well done uh, to him for his, his win today because obviously Bartosz is uh, former UK Nationals champion, kind of good at the game. So um, yeah, so well done to him for that. And um, yeah, um, so that was team uh, round, uh, the, that was group A. Um, apart from that, Italy um, are looking strong again. Um, no real big surprises coming out of that group. Um, group B is the one that's got um, Peru, Germany, Lithuania, Scotland, and so on in it. Um, Peru, um, proven that we were all wrong and that we didn't know anything about South American teams. Because um, they've they've done a they've done a six and zero and a uh, sorry a six and one and a five and two uh, in their first um, in their first two rounds. So they're, they're currently up Germany. against Scotland. Yeah, they're currently up against Scotland. So um, I mean, Scotland are one and one. So you know, they're and they're no slouches, but. I think people have underestimated Peru, and they're um, they're doing a really good job. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. But I think that that round is starting to, or that group is starting to uh, balance out. That said, Lithuania and Latvia combined still an incredibly strong team. So yeah, um, but yeah, no. I mean, I was going to say no big surprises. I think the big surprise in that one is that New Zealand aren't crushing it because I think people thought they would. Um, but you know. That's one of those close ones, I think. I don't know. Um, and then uh, just canter through. We've done Group C because that's us. Woo! Um, <laughs> group, group D, the Group of Death. United States are currently sitting at the top with two six-one victories. Uh, Chile um, bringing it up um, in second with seven, but with only one team win. So um, one of the things I was listening to Ollie's stream the other night and. Um, it looks like the group of death might become USA and then who gets out of the other ones. Um, so Spain have only played one round and had one win. They've had their bye week. Sweden have now had their bye week. Um, Australia have played two and lost two. Um, so I don't think anybody saw that coming. But oh. Australia have played against two of the harder teams. Um, so yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. But I mean, the USA have put themselves in a position now where you know they've got a couple of weaker teams to come, um, so they should be able to close it out, and it's just going to become a massive fist fight for second um, place. Because it's a round robin, I think five wins might be second place in most of the in most of the divisions. Yeah. So, um, um, so with Australia losing the first two, if they just win the re- the other five, oh no, hold on, there, no, there you go. They only get, yeah, they only get six. They're yeah, they're down a team. So yeah. four four two? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. They'll be lucky mm. to get through on a four two, to be honest. Mm. 
Um, yeah. yeah. There could be a 4-2 in one of the, the smaller divisions because there's three divisions with eight and two divisions with seven. So, um, yeah, they they could um, get through on 4-2, but um, it's not likely. Um, yeah, so. yeah. But what they need to basically do now is be smashing people 6-1 and 7-0 and 5-2. They don't need any 4-3 wins at this point because yeah. they need to get those individual wins up because that's what it's going to come down to now. So they need to start being a bit brutal and merciless, to be honest. But, um, if anybody can, Akhtar and his team of ne'er-do-wells can do it because, you know, he was chatting on here the other the other week and he knows the pairing system back to forward. He's got a really strong team. So I'm not quite sure what's happened. Um, but... Um, I'm sure we can get somebody on at some point to tell us that the polyhedrals were against them or the you know, something else. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. Um, and I think uh, the last group, um, which is uh, Group E, um, the big surprise in that one is that France are struggling. Um, so they had their buy in week one and they've come out of the gate and they've... Oh, no, sorry. Netherlands had their buy in week one and they've lost week two. So the Netherlands have on zero wins and at the bottom of the pile. France have played both weeks Ooh. and are currently um, one and one. So they've won one, lost one. Um, I think, I don't think they got their bye last week. I'll tell you briefly. Mm. Who didn't play? France did play. Okay, so France have played both and have won one, lost one. So, yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a surprise. Everybody was expecting France to kind of come out and smash it. Turns out that um, Serbia um, are a surprise package. Switzerland Switzerland had an amazing game against the Netherlands, though. It came down, this was in the at the very end of the last round. They were 3-3, three and three, and this was, you know, the whoever wins this game wins it. And it was Yelte de Boer, who's played top table at Worlds. He was the defeated finalist against Simeon Delapina, um, flying Republic Aces against, uh, oh, I can't remember, it was Grievous... Berwer, Kret, and Zam, I think. And it basically, it was nil-nil until the last round of shooting. There was no points scored. And the last round takes like 20 minutes as it's all decisions about targeting priorities and actions and movements. It's really, really fascinating to watch. And in the end, basically, yell, yell to bless him, rolls six blanks on six green dice oh. <laughs> and loses half on two ships or or something like that Pluto. but anyway like he's, he's calculated that on average dice he wins so like 60% of the time he just wins um, and he just didn't even get close to average it was just like uh, you know he got the half that he needed on Zam to win and he lost the half on Plo that he'd calculated he would lose but then Obi took two hits or three hits from downtown from General Grievous and it was like if he just evades two of these on his four green dice. Now, four green dice with no tokens, in fairness. But if he avoids these on, on his four green on his four green dice, then he's fine. And he blanked out, and he went to one that was just like, oh, felt bad. <laughs> like, it was just... I mean, there was a bunch of decisions, but it, it was such a, a fascinating game. And um, Raphael, who's the captain of Switzerland, um, was in absolute bits. I was chatting to him a bit afterwards on Discord, and he said he's, he's never been so sweaty in all his life. <laughs> he wasn't even playing. <laughs> I don't want to see my heart rate. <laughs> but, that reminds uh, me that time, the first regional we ever went to, where you went 3-0, and 
And he come up to you checking you all right. And I give you a hug. And like, oh, man, you're so sweet. I was like, no, dude, that's all yours. <laughs> yeah, no. oh, it's just that when you're just like when your brain's just pounding and like you're just thinking constantly and like you're not expecting to do that well. And suddenly you find yourself three and oh, and it's just like, oh, yeah. I always I mean, bring spare T-shirt with me to tournaments nowadays. You were, you were flying quad wookies or something disgusting. Probably, yeah. I've been three, I've been three bookies. I didn't end up doing I think I ended up three and three in the tournament. Yeah, you it, did. <laughs> it went really well to start off with, and then I hit actual good players, and it just went went downhill from there. So, yeah. So, I mean, have you, Daryl, have you been catching much of the XTC? Have you been watching a lot of games? You're just bobbing in and out to do I've judging not, stuff? Yeah, I've not really been watching the games. Um, I've been just sort of paying attention to rules questions that people have or if someone's having an issue telling, or telling, poor Japanese, telling poor Japanese players that their T70 is just K turned off the board by one picture. Yeah, yeah, pretty there. much. Yeah, yeah, I was I was there. Um, oh, yeah. so sad. Um, and there was someone else, I can't remember who it was, they were like, oh yeah, I've, I've brought up the arc and it's saying that it's not obstructed but the line's going through the obstacle and I'm like, okay, that shouldn't be. So I went into the game and I looked at it and was like, you do realize that obstacle's floating four inches over the table? It's like, no. <laughs> uh, un- unlock, drops to the table, lock it again. Try again. Oh, yeah, it's obstructed. Great. It's like, How did neither of you notice this for the past 30 minutes? <sighs> oh, it's fantastic. It doesn't yeah, make actually, you wonder, um, doesn't it? <laughs> that came up in one of the Civ Take League games. Someone said that they thought someone kept clipping a rock and then he flew through it and nothing happened. And they noticed that all of them were floating. <laughs> Oh, okay. They were both yeah. playing with the vassal view then. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd notice that straight away because I play in third person view. So yeah, I would as well. Yeah, I'd be like, "Well, oh, that's floating. Let me just fix it for you." That's <laughs> a bit odd. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um, well done everybody who's doing the XTC at the minute. It's it's been really well organised. There's a really good sense of community and chat and purpose and stuff. There is a Discord server where there's a reasonably moderate amount of banter going on and it's it's you know good natured um and uh yeah at that point today um in that um filippo did his announcement that was uh amg have published their their rules forum the much anticipated star wars and x-wing rules questions forum so they've got one up for legion they've got one up for crisis protocol and now they've got one up for uh, X-Wing as well. Turns out they had a rules forum for Crisis Protocol. Um, it's got 1.3 thousand posts and uh, Legion's got 447. <laughs> X-Wing's got 63, but I reckon that's because it's moderated. Um, so the URL is forums.atomicmassgames.com um, If you go to that, you'll be able to click through um, to the X-Wing rules, uh, rules forum. Um, are, the other, um, are the other ones not moderated? I don't know. I, I, I just I mean, wondered if we were all that pecky. How long? <laughs> uh, no, they're they're not moderated, um, but they have been open for quite some time. So June, yeah. the, there's posts from the uh, front end of June, like just on in the fact, first page, May, all the way back to May. In fact, um, in the social chat on Discord for Sith Takers, there's a link for the rules forum as well, just in case ah, no fantastic. one can be bothered manually typing that in. Yeah. 
I mean, the, uh, links are, the links are all over the internet now, and yeah. in every every good source of X-wing information. Um, and I've I've bookmarked it in a bit of an old-fashioned manner, um, instead of having to keep finding it or whatever. But um, so uh, we have got obviously Daryl on because there's been a few um, clarifications, let's say, um, of different rules uh, that people had outstanding. Um, so. Um, it's worth pointing out to start off with that this is very obviously a joint endeavour between AMG and the community. Um, so the two moderators that have been uh, responding to rules queries are Chris Mitchell uh, from the UK, um, from, I'm going to say, Brighton, I think. I can't remember what the... Uh, what the You're supposed the... to say, I think, first, you said. Well, Chris, he's, uh, it's Dice, he's, Dice, he's, Dice Saloon Brighton, isn't it? Dice Saloon, that's the one, Dice Saloon. I couldn't remember the name of the store. So Dice Saloon um, down in Brighton. So um, he's been uh, head judge and um, becoming marshal um, for all of the UK events. Uh, so he's one of the moderators. And the other one is Dee Yudin from uh, the Fly Better podcast and uh, marshal of um, an awful lot of the big North American events. Um, and the LVO, uh, which is time. actually on again in January. Yeah, so the LVO, yeah. which they've just announced, I think today mm -hmm. officially. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so um, so they're, they're the two um, moderators, and they're responding. Um, which um, my assumption is that that means that an awful lot of the um, the rules that they're declaring as official on here now will align to the unofficial rules document that Dee and Chris have been working together on with a bunch of other judges, yourself included, Daryl. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be surprised to see them kind of going against that at any point. Um, but yeah, yeah pretty much um, all of them have been in line with uh, the rules. There's been one or two, well, there's been one sort of big reversal uh, from a previous uh, ruling to which sort one's, of. Which one's that? So previously, well, previously Padme and Palpatine, uh, the rules reference said that you couldn't use Palpatine to change an extra eyeball result um, on someone who's being affected by Padme. Because oh, Padme they're... stops you from modifying more or modifying more than one eyeball. Yes. Um, and they said that Palpatine couldn't help with that at all. Um, yeah. But they've decided to reverse that, which then also then allows you to use Palpatine uh, to things. affect uh, Vader's defense uh, yeah. dice. So they've they've changed Palpatine back to the version one ruling for his modification, which was that Palp is doing it. It's not that Palp is enabling uh, the ship to do it. Like, yes. So, so yeah. you're not modifying your dice. Palpatine is modifying your dice. So it's yeah. fine. So Palpatine used to be the only way around blinded pilot, for example. Obviously, you can just use Palps for blinded pilot anyway nowadays because of the the changed wording on the, on the crit. But um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's worth going and reading through. Um, the the forum. There's been a few things that have been clarified that, you know, I always do look at some of these and think these are corner cases that will never be relevant. Like nobody uses Padme, so you know who who cares? And if they are using, you Padme, love that ship. Be... You're the type who'd use it. I love the N1, but yeah, I know I I don't love it enough to use Padme to be honest. How many do you um, own? More than is sensible. Um, I think <laughs> I think five. It might be six. Could be four, but I'm, I'm, I'll settle on five. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, I know. So, um, so they they like they clarified, or they they have formally clarified that 
if Zari is in uh, it, it overlaps an asteroid and then bumps into somebody that she still doesn't get to take an action because she's overlapped an obstacle, which is, you know, common sense to anybody who thinks it's common sense. But her ability isn't permissive for if you overlap an obstacle. It's only permissive for if you bump. So, sorry, you don't get to magically not have overlapped the obstacle just because you bumped into a ship while you did it. Um, chopper crew doesn't give you a free action. Um, Justice for Chopper. um and then you know there's but yeah there's there's a big list there is a a rather large post dedicated to what vader can and can't do um (laughs) with his force and the defender um it 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 made me start to think that the um that that would have been easier to say um what vader wasn't allowed to do but they tried to do that on the card so um but yeah effectively the the relevant ruling for a lot of people is going to be that they've ruled that vader can spend palpatine's force on defense there um and there's a lot of uh yeah uh, coverage to go over how palpatine can and can't be used yeah, so like talks um, about the talks about the Padme interaction, talks about the Palpatine interaction, talks about all sorts of other stuff. But like, how can you use Palp? And it's just like, right, can can Palp be used for fifth brother and seventh sister? Answer is no. Um, which I think a lot of them is just kind of, yeah, it's fine because yeah. Palp says, you know, that spend ship spends your force as if spending a force for its standard effect it doesn't just give you a point of force that you can use for whatever um that's yes. what yoda does <laughs> that's what yoda does um yoda gives you oh. points of force that you can use for whatever um, hot take that palpatine's coming down in points and they're going to be seeing more of it that's why they had to clarify all these mad rulings <laughs> oh i i totally get behind that yeah it'd be I fun mean, wouldn't it i do miss seeing palp on the table more well there's only Two ships that can take Palpatine. Yeah, crammed in the back of a Lambda shuttle. <laughs> Lambda and the Reaper, I think, are the, uh, the only Lambda, ships. The, Reaper, the Decimator can take it. Oh, out. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the Lambda, the Reaper, and the Decimator can take him because he's still two crew slots, isn't he? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he's still a great card because you know having a, a single soft mod. Uh, I guess the problem is in a world that's full of Jedi that have got three soft mods available for themselves. Um, Palp's ability doesn't seem so good, but you know, pre pre Jedi, he was a real thing. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he comes back. Um, yeah, there's um, the other thing that interested me was um, Daryl, your um, your argument about the, the must word, the must clause. Yeah, um, yeah, which has been tidied up a bit, but not entirely. Yeah, um, are you going to uh, explain the argument? So uh, go on, well, Daryl. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So must was always a bit weird because there's a few cards that just say must and there's no it's not highlighted in any way, but there's a bunch of cards like uh concussion bombs and things that have must in bold, but that I'm pretty sure is just because there's some sort of negative, there's a, a downside to it. Um and they've decided to update the they errated essentially. Um two cards so there's Arlie's, which is the new scum y-wing that um you need to change an eyeball to a blank and as we had been ruling it for a year up until that point Arlie's text is basically like 15 words of useless ink that they put onto thousands of cards so they've decided to errata it to 
before the modify or before the modify defense dice step, you have to change an eyeball to a blank, which means you can't spend a focus to get around it. Um, and similarly with Malarus, they've changed yeah. Malarus to before the modify dice step. If you have a blank, you need to reroll it and gain a stress or yeah, cool. a strength. So um, basically, so... the, the Malarus thing was that you could. If you rolled um, a blank, you could re-roll that with a target lock, yeah, um, yeah. and then not have to Malarus, even though Malarus says that you must re-roll a blank and take a strain. Yeah. Um, so people have been using Malarus with things like silencers that are more likely to take locks. Um, or than, Kylo. Uh, or Kylo and things like that. So basically they're saying, you know, um, you don't need... Uh, well, you, you must, as in you do this before you do any other modification. So you must. So what they haven't done is clarified that must has to happen first, which was one of the options because that would have done bad things to Chopper Droid for the Jedi because that would have meant that you couldn't fine-tune control before you yeah. use Chopper and stuff like that. But um, instead, they've they've just added before the modified defense dice step. Yeah. <laughs> or the, before um, the modified dice step. Um, so... Yeah, so the all of these updates now on the forum, um, if you're playing in the XTC, they're not going to be implemented until the final two-day event. Um, so yeah, the so rest of the group stage, clarif- it's going to be left alone. Yeah, so the uh, clarifications the are. are fine, Yeah, but the erratas aren't changing. So yeah. if you're, the, the only one that's relevant, I think, is um, uh, the Malarus. Malarus. Yeah, Malarus would be the big one. Yeah. yeah, the the other one was Hera, and Hera aligns to what everybody's been playing anyway, which is that it it happens in the modified dice step, and it doesn't happen at some other random point. Yeah, because she was announced before all of the lists had yeah, been yeah. Sub, you know, submitted. So yeah, so it's been it's been all formalized now. So I mean, there's there's going up to um, so I mean, how it appears to work is you you sign up, you start a new topic, you post your question, and then at some point, um, D or Chris comes along, um, considers your question, answers it, or plumber, um, although <laughs> he's um, he's AMG look, um, but they consider it, and then they post, and then they lock the thread so that there's a one question, one answer. Um, and you can then, at some point in the future, once it gets bigger, um, either you know search it, or they can just point you towards it. Um, you know, or whatever, but however yeah. they're going to end up doing it, because it's going to become, because it's a forum, you know, hundreds yeah. of pages long with identical questions. So There's a search function at the top, so if you have an idea of what your question is, or the card that it's relating to, you can, you should be able to find whatever yeah. your question is, if it exists already. Should do. Um, so, th- there was a couple of things, and this is this is where we're going to get into the juicy bit. Um, the rules updates. Oh, there was a couple of rules updates that hmm. were just mad. Like, <laughs> uh, like the okay, dumpster so, fire. So it it so there's some stuff that makes sense, right? Because it says, um, I'll, I'll skip to the easy ones first. Like they said, um, if you're if if a ship is ioned, it doesn't have an assigned maneuver, right? Fine, but there are now ways, and I think it's Derek Clivian in the A wing, where he can remove a red token if he acquires a target lock. So Red or orange, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he can notionally remove the ion token that he got the round before because somebody can move and coordinate him to acquire a lock. And then he gets his lock and he removes the red token, which means he's no longer ionized. But an ionized ship doesn't assign a dial. 
so he shouldn't have a dial. So what they've done is they've changed the rules and they've said he doesn't assign a dial, but what you should do is you should give him a dial. If you're going to do this thing, give him a dial, but you don't assign it to him until the ion's been taken away. So you have to set a dial for him and put it somewhere. And then as soon as the ion comes away, you go, now I can assign him a dial because he's not ionized anymore. And it makes perfect sense to have it. And to be honest, it was probably the way that people were playing it anyway. Like, you know, I'm, I can get the ion off him, so I'm going to give him a dial because yeah. I'm not going to do the one forward. And, it, you know, logically, it, that sequence follows. Um, so it makes a, a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And, but played... the main that came up was because of the... Uh... The forgetting to set your dial. Yeah, I, was, I was trying to do the other things. I was trying to do the other go things before it, we went to that one. Um, <laughs> so, so they've clarified that you can't drop or launch a device and decloak in the same phase. Um, so you cannot. Each ship cannot drop or launch a device and decloak in the same phase. So it doesn't matter what order you want to do it in. You can't decloak and then drop a bomb. Um, ships or drop rotate, a bomb and decloak. Yeah. Um, Ships remain at range zero unless they move or rotate in a way that results in their bases no longer being in physical contact. Um, so apparently rotating takes you out of range zero. It can if you wanted yeah. to, but that's okay. because the bases are longer front to back than they are broad. No, the card I is think... longer front to back than it is broad. Well, the, the plastic, is... one way around the plastic... Yeah, the, but the, also the plastic base is also rectangular. The plastic yeah. base is not square. It's off yeah. by like one millimeter, one okay. way around. I can't remember which. And it's but got and, manufacturing. And, and nubs, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. So basically you can rotate yourself out of contact if you want to. Um, and then uh, a few other things about the ability queue that are far too complicated for me to go through. So <laughs> go and read them if you care. Um, but it basically says that things can be added to the ability queue at any point. There's not like a window where you add everything to the ability queue. Um, well, actually, so that one about, okay, so the optional abilities being added to the queue automatically, they're saying that, yes, if the ability is uh, meets its requirements, yes, it ad is added to the ability queue. But players are not required to declare each ability yeah. Uh, as it enters the queue. So if if you forget about the ability and you continue on with the rest of the turn, then you missed your opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. the judge isn't going to be rolling it back anymore. Yeah. So, so I mean... The, I hate rolling it back unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing with that one is it, I think it... Does that clarify the can I tractor beam a ship into um, old Terox front arc so that they lose all of their tokens? <laughs> Or does that, that leave that still, one open for discussion? Uh, no, that one still works because uh, yeah. old Terok, uh, his, his he doesn't have an if clause requir requirement to put his ability in the queue. It's just oh, okay. at the start of engagement. Okay, so, so at any point during the start of engagement, shenanigans, if something is in his front dark, he can go, I'll have all your tokens, and it doesn't matter how they got there. Yes, yes. Uh, as, long as, as long as by the time his ability is resolving, there's something there, then yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you choose what order you do those things in and you choose to move them with Asajj's tractor beam before you choose to do it with his thing. And then, yes. yeah, so it works. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about the last thing, right? And I'm going to read this out because it's a bit mad, right? And I'm not a, a big fan. Um, 
which will become apparent in a second. Uh, <laughs> so it talks about the planning phase, and they've they've added a line. It says, if a player forgets to set a maneuver dial for a ship during the planning phase, during its activation, that ship gains a stress, then performs a stress maneuver, brackets, white too straight. Okay, so if you forget to set a dial, so, you know, you've got 10 and you set 9 and one of them falls down the back of somewhere. Well, you can't have 10. It has, you have 8 and you set 7 and one of them shuffles off somewhere. You, you know, you misremember it. Um, or you just get stressed worrying about the two ships that are in trouble and the one ship that's off flanking miles away you, that you're just going to put a one forward into and you forget to do it. Um, they've put a rule in for it, which, you know, how many of us have ever forgotten to set a dial? It happens very occasionally. I think I remember it happening once in person and everybody was a bit confused as to what to do. And I think they ended up just saying, just do what was what's on the dial. Um, you know, just do that move. Um, mm -hmm. The issue that I have with this, well, there's two issues. The first issue that I have with this is that this is not an issue that needs a rule because it doesn't happen often enough to require a rule. There are no rules for if the dial's unclear, if the move that you select is slipped, um, or if you know somebody bumps it, or it, you know as you set it down, it rotates a little bit, and the arrow on the dial is pointing to the line, not to the the moves. Um, the new dials for version two made it a lot easier for that not to be a, the case, because you could always say, you know, it's going to be on one side or the other of the line, but you know it could notionally be you know, sitting right in the middle. Um, and it used to be a very common thing, dial slip, loose dials, um, things rotating as you pick them up because the, the little button in the middle loosens up, um, whatever. There's no rule for that and how we deal with it. Um, I guess this does give something of a precedent where you say it's an unclear dial, so you get a stress and do a white too straight, um, you know, and judges could just default to this. Um, so, like, that's a bit of a, uh, it's weird that you've focused. The big announcement of here's our forum and here's a bunch of new rules changes and stuff that that's thing one is, of the though, things that you elect that's, to do. That's been a, like um, a blank since the start of 2.0. People have been asking since like the very start. It's yeah, but, not, you know, yeah, it's we, not we an used issue. to be something before. But, I mean, it must be because it comes up and people ask the question. So if you're but, judging like, a, an event and someone doesn't set a dial, so at least it, now you know you've got this is what happens rather so than it, going, it, um, I think it's a two straight or just, just do a one, it's fine. I think it happens in TTS more than it happens in person because of the weird dial clicky things that Flipster's fixing at the moment. Um, I don't think it happens in real life that much. I mean, like it does. Yeah, it, it I would say in, all the but... time. <laughs> I would say in real life, your dial will be set to something. So whatever you set it to last turn, it's set to that. Or if you happen to pick it up after you've, your ship's maneuvered and you're just playing with the dial. It's going to be set to something. Um, now, whether you've placed that dial face down beside one of your ships to go, well, that's linked, you know, that is that ship's dial. Yeah. That's another question. But a dial is going to be set to something. Um, whereas so yeah, on CTS, it can be a blank dial. Like can, the wee. Can resistance layer, can resistance layer turn that white to forward blue? The two, the white, yeah, the white two forward, no. Uh, no, it can't. Um, so the uh, stress maneuver. No, you have to reveal a dial for layer to trigger. That's after you reveal a dial, so you can't do it. Oh yeah. well, okay. I was going to go with the fact that a, 
uh, a stress maneuver or an ion maneuver cannot be modified in any way. Like you can't make it faster, you can't make it a bank, you can't make mm. it easier uh, unless the ability specifically says you can. But yes, also Leia requires you to reveal a dial. Um, but yeah, I don't so it, think it there's anything that actually or... modifies either stress or ion maneuvers at the minute. Yeah, I think it's R4 decreases the difficulty of your speed one to do basic maneuvers. Yeah, yeah. Anything about dials, so does R4 reduce it? No, because it's not, yeah, it, it won't because it's not, because it's a stress maneuver, so R4 won't do anything to it. Because it's not it's a basic specifically need, it's, Yeah, it specifically needs to say this ability works on stress maneuvers. Right, okay. Um, cool. Which um, currently so, don't exist, I think. So the second issue that I've got with it, You've not you're not gonna you're not gonna distract me from this one. Is <laughs> this is this is two rounds of punishment to a player who's forgotten to do something because they've not maintained a game state. Because they get round one punishment, you get a stress and you move a two forward when you wanted to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then round two punishment, you're stressed, which means you still can't turn round, you still can't do white moves. Or you can, but you're still losing you're losing actions. I mean so there's a first simple round, solution first round just like you dial. Yeah, so there is a simple solution. Don't forget to set your dial, right? And you'll probably only forget to do it once. It just seems like, you know, if you say, you know, you gain, you know, you do a white two forward and lose your action, or you gain a white, you do a white two forward and, you know, something, or you just gain a stress and, or, or whatever, and, you know, it doesn't matter what the. Yeah, the what stress the, the can be is, more of a detriment to some yeah. ships than it is to others. Like yeah, the, the fact, unless you're Braylon, we'll the Republic. We'll that in a second. <laughs> yeah, like a Republic, a Republic Y wing has a two straight and a one straight, three straight, something like that. It only has two straights that are blue, uh, whereas you know an Ace has all of their twos are blue. Yeah. So, um, like if if they so... made this do a white or do a blue one forward, then Aces would inverted commas forget. To, to bet their dial all the time, right? Yes. Because they get to do a blue one forward, which isn't on their dial. So you can't have that. So you say, Correct. right, putting it in as a, as a white two straight is, I think, fine. I think the addition of the stress is just a punitive measure. Like if somebody's doing a white two straight, then they get an action and it's probably fine. But, you know, I forgot to set a dial. Okay, cool. Now I know where your ship is going to be next turn. There's no mystery to this. You know, we start moving and then you go, oh, I've forgotten to set a dial for Suntir. And I go, well, sweet. I know Suntir is going to be too forward in front of where he is now at this point because it's too late for you to set a dial now because I've started moving my ships. And that would have made sense to me. But giving him a two forward and then, a, well, giving him a stress and moving him two forward means that he's stuck next turn as well. Or mm -hmm. he's, he's predictable next turn as well. And I think it's too much punishment to an individual player. And the reason I think that is because FFG and then AMG have recently come out and said the game state is the responsibility of both players. And the game state includes, have you set all your dials? Yes. That ship doesn't have a dial next to it. It looks like you've not set a dial for Suntir. Do you want to go and have a look at that? And they go, oh, crap. Yeah, sorry, man. Um, so me, as a competitive player, would look and go, he's not set a dial for Suntir. You ready? <laughs> and give him the opportunity to say, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Right, let's start moving ships, because I know where Suntir is going to be in a minute. Um, not that that's something that I personally would do, but I oh, think yeah. there are players who would. So, yeah, um, so that that then comes down to a whole different area of whether someone is doing this with intent or not and if someone so you might get some players that 
are just impatient or are actively trying to cheat or whatever, and they try and rush their opponents, and they could potentially rush their opponent into not setting one of their five dials or something like that. Yeah. Um, like even if they go, are you ready to go? Or, you know, system phase or whatever their question is, and your opponent goes, yeah, yeah, cool. And you start moving everything, and then they realize, oh, wait, I didn't set a dial. But now, then you get the question of, is that you someone intending to cheat, whether it's one player rushing the other or one player wanting to do the two straight and gain a stress because they're flying Braylon and they don't want the barrel roll to put them somewhere that the two straight is perfect for. Yeah, so yeah. it comes down to intent at that point, which can be difficult to determine. But I would like to say most players aren't cheats, but it will happen once in a while. But most yeah, players so are generally honest. So you've got players, you've got ships, and they're mostly B-wings that play about with stress. And people have been accidentally on purpose setting red moves when Braylon's stressed so that he does a white two forward instead of a blue and then bumps. So he gets to keep, oh, no, I'm going to bump, so I'm going to keep my stress. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I can't stop this, so I'll I'll keep my re-rolls but not have a focus, and it's fine. Or 10, I'm going to bump. I'll keep my stress, so I've got a focus um, rather than nothing. So I'll dial in that red move and just cruise forward into the bump, and it's fine. Um, and people have been doing that because that's within the rules of the game because there's a, a an articulated rule for how to do it. Um, this is, if we're going to get into the very detail of the rules um, about what counts as setting a dial, then it gets a little bit odd. Because the dial has to be, according to the, the rules reference, um, so I'm not making this up, but the dial has to be, um, you select the dial and you place it face down next to the ship on the playmat. So if you're currently putting your dials on your cards, um, or for example, playing on TTS, where everybody puts the dials next to the cards, not next to the ships, um, then you are not following the rules of the game. Um, similar to how after you reveal your dial, you're supposed to put it back on the pilot card um, not in a pile on the side of the table or on the floor or at the bottom of your pint um, or any of the other places yep. I've seen dials end up in tournaments. I... Um, these are things that we don't do in play. Like if you're flying an eight-ship swarm, you don't put dials next to each of your ships. You put them in a nice little block of eight back next to your deployment area, um, orientated in the same way that your swarm is so that you know which dial belongs to which ship, and it's very obvious. Um, yes. But you've not set a dial in the planning phase. So here's I'm I'm the asshole, and it comes down to a very important turn where I'm going to dive in, and then I say you've not assigned any dials to your ships. They've all got to do a white two forward stress maneuver, and you say why they're all assigned here. And it says in the rules it says they've got to be next to the ships. Yes, and, and then the judge will have a very stern discussion with you about the fact yes. that oh, you're no, absolutely. To I, I'm getting into Paragumba so, Slayer levels of gameishness here, right? And yeah, yeah. He, but this is he would then go onto the forums and he, would, he he did it in X-wing as well. Um, and he, you know, he's he, he's famous for this stuff, you know, of like of saying, but I'm not breaking the rules. He's breaking the rules. So why are you punishing me when he's breaking the rules? And then you know, it's it's a very negative experience and it's horrible. Um, yeah. And I don't think it will ever be a thing because there are ways that we play the game, right? Yeah. Um, and they aren't as written in the rules. So, like, people don't put their dials back on their cards. They just don't do that, you know, unless if... somebody says, I'm using Rick Olay. Yeah, and yeah, the speed yeah. speed of your dial is important. Yes. So can you please make sure that you have your dial next to the card that it's related to, particularly if you're flying a swarm? Because I need to know what speed maneuver each of your ships has done. Now, yes. I mean, aside from the fact that all swarm 
players do the same speed with every ship every turn, you know, because it's easier. Uh, you know, I'll just set one dial for the first three turns. I can Don't tell worry you've about not it. flown a lot of swarms, Rich. I, I used to fly tie swarm for a bit, and I just um, I like for the first three turns, I just was like, I'm just going to set one dial rather than never six. Do that. It's easier because then they know when you're about to break your formation up. Yeah, no, but this was done at element against whoever, yeah, so I was just being lazy. I didn't care. <laughs> but it was yeah. like, yeah, you know, but what I'm saying is there are ways that we play the game that don't align to the rules as written, and I think that if somebody forgot to set a dial, unless it was either a very tense and pointy end of a tournament kind of a game um, where it was very important or literally half of the ships had been moved and a bunch of actions and stuff had already been taken before they realised that I would just be like, do you know what, let's just, just set a dial. What were you going to do? And if unless they say something, you know, oh, well, I was going to do the really unexpected three hard over that rock that would get me some, you know, a bunch of unanswered shots into the side of you. I'd be like, yeah, where are you I? Well, I'll tell you what, you can do the white two straight then. But if they say, I was going to do a one bank and clear my stress, you say, yeah, grand, carry on. Yeah. You know, and, and so... that's, that, that's just being sensible and coming to a conclusion with your opponent instead of following the written kind of tome of the law. Yeah, um, I would say most of the time, like if you're just down at the local shop or get a club or whatever, and you're just playing mess about games, I don't think anybody's ever going to implement that new ruling of missing a dial. Um, if you're playing a big event, like a system open or nationals or something, it's probably going to get implemented. But I would also say if you're playing at that tier of, of, of an event, you're probably not going to miss a dial. Um, on the topic of like, uh, placing your dials next to your ships whenever it gets to the point where there's just this massive car crash in the middle of the board and you've got one ship surrounded by four other ships and there's no table space next to it like you place the dial somewhere that you can go well this is assigned to that ship which is surrounded by four large base ships that i can't put anything near it you know you make it try and make everything clear and constantly communicate with your opponent um so so that no one skips you know, misses setting a dial, like, you know, you're like, uh, are you set? Or, you know, system phase, like, make sure that you go step by step through the turn so that you're not rushing your opponent and hopefully they won't try and rush you, but you want to keep a solid pace all the time as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fair point. You know, you, you play the game in the way that actually makes the game enjoyable. And I think we're going to see as we start to go back to real tables, which we have all been over the last few weeks, and it's amazing. Um, but as you start to um, as you start to go back to the, the the real tables, there are some lists that just aren't going to see play right. Um, what's that? Oh yeah, that, that, that striker that, list, that dumb striker list with yeah. is it Nash strikers and Commander Goran. Goran? is it? That's him. Yeah, like, common commandant. Is oh, man. So that that is a uh, list yeah. that that is a list that only works on TTS. You know, well, welcome, welcome to the four-turn game. You know, because I have to, I have to manage bumps and then hopovers for all of my ships every single turn, and there's no way that I can shortcut that. I can almost guarantee that somebody will bring that to a big event. Yeah, I'm going to error yeah. on a bump. I'm going to do a two forward, so I need to mark these two ships, and then I'm yeah. going to do the same with this guy, so I need to mark these other two ships, and then I need to do the same again, so I need to mark the ships that I've just moved. 
but I can't <laughs> just hop everything forward a bit because you won't believe me that I'm doing it in the right way and so on and so on and so on. And it's just like, yeah, that, I mean, somebody will try and bring it and play it and they'll get about four turns and then it'll be the end of the game and somebody will go to a judge and just be like, what, what's this? Yeah, <laughs> what, there, there are a few lists that I don't think will uh, translate well to an actual table because of, like you're saying, the bumps and... Uh, or even I think a lot of so uh, the Jedi or no not Jedi uh, wrong side the Inquisitors with foresight bullseye shots I think may are more um, a lot more difficult to organize on an actual table because if yeah. you're trying to put the ruler down and there's a ship in the way of the one you're actually trying to get to and you have to mark that ship to place the ruler to see if it's in the bullseye for the one behind it and then you've got to put it back and all like. It's, it's just so much of a pain in the arse. Yeah. I mean, there are lasers, which are helpful, which, you know... They're not very accurate, though, are they? Yeah, They're not very accurate, yeah. but, you know, you can kind of drop a laser down and be like, is it close? If it's really close, then we mark up. If it's not close, then we just accept that it's close enough, and it's fine. And, that you know, that's how we do it at the minute. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. you look with a ruler. If it's a bit, it's going to require a lot of marking. You put a laser over it, and you go it's still a bit close. It depends on how wobbly your hands are. Right, let's call a judge, mark everything up and get an arc check done. Um, TTS avoids you having to do that because you just click a button and it tells you. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you can get these um, snazzy little um, bullseye rulers that you can just, like, slap onto the front of your ship. Um, I remember you still playing have to against, mark uh, everything, though, don't you? Yeah, you do. And I remember cool, playing against um, Yeri Koskala, and he was like, um, he, he had one that he, he just used because he had Cynthia all the time. So he got one made um, so that he had this bullseye thing that he could use. And it was like, oh, that's cool. I've seen other people talking about getting one made that actually lifts up off the um, lifts up off the table. I've so, like, seen you, those you, before. You stick it on the front and then it goes up and then across and then you can like put the, the other end bit. Yeah, it makes like a bridge. And stuff, yeah. Yeah. So you, can, you know, there's places on Etsy that do them. I'm not sure how accurate they really are. Yeah. They seem a little bit flimsy, but if you're just playing casually, yeah, go ahead. But I if mean, you're if just, you're just playing, playing casually, you're playing you destruction anyway. So yeah. yeah, and you squint, you squint down at table level and go, ah, you're in bullseye, and, <laughs> and the other person goes, yeah, probably. Go on. Yeah, I mean, oh, it does like, stay in the rules. Just do it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it also says in the rules that if you can't make a decision of a yes or a no it's in or it's out then you roll a dice you know all yes. of the thing is about you know it says do do a 50 50 chance if if it, you think it's too close to call 50 50 it and then yeah. just move on with the game and because we're playing competitively people don't want the 50 50 because they always think they're right um <laughs> so you know that's why you get judges involved and you know sometimes i do wonder if judges on those like proper 50 50 art calls do just have a, a running tally in their head where they just walk from table to table and the first one's in and the second one's out and the third one's in and the fourth one's out. <laughs> it's just like, whatever, just wander around going, yeah, you're in. Yeah, now you're out. Um, <laughs> you know, some of them are so close that the only way to do it would be like, you know, to have some kind of advanced computer or, you know, tabletop simulator or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, you get people like D that, you know, just drop a ruler on the table and scatter six ships in every direction. Oh, that's like, why oh, I can never be a judge. <laughs> never. 
Willie's the riches are right shaky, and don't you, mate? I am. That, oh, yeah, that, it's one of the reasons I play large base ships, mate. To be honest, is because it's much harder <laughs> to knock them about the place. I've got the neoprene in the inside. I've got them weighted down, and then I use large base right. ships, so I can't smash them all over. But what makes me laugh so much is, um, and it's been especially apparent the last few nights where I've gone out to. I've been playing against Sean um, Milligan, who sometimes comes on the podcast, and because um, he just lives up the road. Week. Yeah, and um, the first game we played, oh, it was shocking. Like, just like how many times this we put our templates in and just like nudged the ship all over the place, or like put it at the end and then picked the template up and just like knocked the ship over. And it reminded me of um, I can't remember if it was on stream or if it was watching, but it was one of those ones where you know you end up with eight hands on the table you know you've got like the you've got the players and you've got two judges helping and you know a passerby and all this kind of stuff as like just put your finger on that and they've marked up everything and they've done the arc check and they've declared it as in or whatever and then they start putting all the ships back carefully and everything's back and you've got these these eight hands carefully now holding these single bits of acrylic and little ship markers and all sorts of different things and then they all take them away and at the very last minute somebody lifts their hands up and a bit of acrylic sticks to the sweat on their finger and it drops and it just knocks about six ships over. And you don't know how it's done it because physics makes no sense. But it was just one of those where it was like, you know, just the, it was like lifting up the template after everything was like put back and just like smashed the entire carefully constructed scene back over again. It was like, oh, what was literally the point of that? But um, I mean, not going to miss. Um, well, the thing that I do miss um with being on the table it's just all the daft stuff where you mark a ship up and then you casually pick up the one straight that you've used to mark <laughs> the ship gonna up mention that. <laughs> me and just... steve did that on thursday what's this there for <laughs> <laughs> why is why is that ship over there in your deployment zone facing at the edge of the board oh no <laughs> quick he was kind of there-ish wasn't he but I mean, the, the thing is, I was like, I was looking at there. I don't think there's actually a rule for that, is there? It just says, just put it back, kind of. Agree with your opponent. And if oh, it's, you just yeah. destroy a table board, like a board state. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, it's uh, just not put, something you, you can have an outsider who wasn't watching reconstruct because they don't know where everything was. So yeah. you so just like, have to yeah. literally get your, you and your opponent to go. Yeah, it was about there. Pointing roughly that there. direction. Wasn't, yeah, I was worried that the two bank would hit the rock. So let's say here. Well, was, yeah. wasn't it uh, Will that wiped out some ships at yep. last year's Sift Taker Open? I say last year's, yep. the last Sift Taker Open. What? Because he was on the gin. Well, <laughs> what? No, he was oh, never drinking. Yeah, he was, he was sober, sober as a judge. <laughs> I hope he wasn't sober with he, the he, he, he staggered away <laughs> from the the commentary booth, uh, grabbed a ruler, and uh, then I just uh, yeah saw a very embarrassed Will as uh, ships went flying. Did he, did he make <laughs> noises as he just swiped <laughs> ships off the table? <laughs> oh dear! Will, Will also left the event, and then we never saw him again till the net like the week after. He just disappeared, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> and he wasn't answering his phone, and everyone was a bit worried about him, and it turned out he'd just forgotten to charge it, and then he thought everything was fine. He just had a stinking hangover the next day, but we were obviously a bit concerned because, you know, people were ringing him and being like, did you get home all right? And stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, talking about the Sith Taker Open, I've not mentioned it on the podcast yet. I did post it in a couple of other places. I suddenly can't come again. So... My mum and dad got married 50 years ago on the weekend that the Sith Taker Open's happening. So um, we're going to Scotland for a, uh, a whole big family thing. 
Yeah, but and, what have uh, they ever done for you? I know it's very dis- it's very <laughs> disgraceful. Like genuinely, I tried to get them to move it, and I got to the weekend after, and I got the mum face deployed at me. Um, <laughs> and then I said, "Why don't you wife. do it?" I said, why don't you do it somewhere near Manchester so I can at least go, even if I can't play and be around? Because, you know, it's our thing and I want to be there. I want to see people, catch up with people, um, you know, be involved in, in, in the weekend in some way. And they were like, well, that's not fair because there's people travelling from the northeast in Northern Ireland and, you know, you from Manchester. It's not fair to make them all travel to Manchester to see you when everybody should be travelling. And I was like, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not even like it's just on the borders of Scotland. It's like properly about four hours drive away that we're going. So I'm like, oh. Do you think maybe it's time you get emancipated? Just what? You know, emancipated. It's when you get divorced from your parents. Is that is that the word? I thought it was just called it is, divorce. Yeah. Right. I, okay. no, I did suggest that you have a surprise fiftieth for them the week before <laughs> oh, the yeah. Sith Maker event. <laughs> you know, it'll I be mean, a surprise. They're not going to expect it. So, like, I explained, I explained to them what it was, and Dad did mouth the words "I'm so sorry" at me, and then <laughs> said, "You know, your mum has had her heart set on this for so long, and we told you to save the date." And I was like, "You might have told Mrs. Polly, but you didn't tell me." <laughs> and yes, she does the calendar, but I said, "Have we got anything that weekend?" And she said, "No." So to me, that means that you know it's fine. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately, I'm not going, which means that somebody on the waiting list is getting a little surprise happy email from Column or from Element to say, "Congratulations, you've got a ticket." Um, as far as we know, it's still going to run. Um, just to, to to touch on it, um, government guidelines haven't yet moved. Um, opening back up of lockdowns to the point where we wouldn't be able to run it. Um, but obviously we need to keep an eye on that. Um, so we are still planning for 64. Um, I don't think it's going to be at the point where we can extend it to more tickets. So um, if you do have a ticket and you're not intending to come, there is a waiting list. Um, so please do let us know so that we can give people time to book hotels and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what happens. And to... is anybody going to stream it? Are we going to stream any of it? I think Tim's considered it. No, I bought a ticket. I thought you were setting it up. Oh, I can set it up. Someone, someone else needs to stream it. That sounds right. like a job for Mister Pinter. <laughs> Tim's Tim's playing. We might have somebody streaming it. Um, so actually, there's a shout. If somebody fancies coming up to Stockport for the day to come and hang out with X Wingers, but they haven't got a ticket, but they want to be involved. Um, if you're capable of running a stream, um, if we give you all of the stuff you need to do it, then let us know. Um, I, I would say we could probably get, and you know, a previous world champion might be able to potentially do that. I don't I know which world champion, but you know, the one that would turn up to the opening of an envelope if it involved X Wing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. In in fairness, Ollie is he's on the waiting list, and he's uh, he's hoping to get a ticket because he's been to the last two, and he, he obviously really wants to come uh, to this one as well. Um, and I think we're just gutted as a club that we can't run it as big as we did last year. Um, but obviously, you know, COVID and hopefully next year when we do it again, we'll be able to go back to full full capacity again. Um, because obviously they're, they're a huge amount of fun and we're privileged to having a, a facility that we can run events that size in um, without, you know, having to incur huge cost, um, huge ticket fees to, to pay for a hotel room or whatever for a day to get that number of people into so um so yeah so there's that one um 
Sith Taker League, Ben, has just come to an end. Has? They've got uh, till... Or... What's, I can't remember how long till the close of. You're making me look. It's the 11th, didn't you? Yeah, 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 given, given yeah. yeah that's, we've got till the 11th to get all unplayed games in, and I will update it at some point. I did just check, and I've got 59 to go through currently, so I imagine <laughs> that'll be more soon. <laughs> and maybe if anyone hasn't a little seen... bit maybe do them a bit at a time rather than say yeah, well, yeah. I, I won't session. I'll just smash them all out I know I've been busy though life gets in the way doesn't it yeah um, um, so, just so cheer. everyone's aware as well we're also not doing an event sort of in between this time mainly because I fancy a break yeah so the, there's also <laughs> the fact that in, in-person X-Wing is coming back yeah, in yeah. the UK so um like I've I mean, been struggling. I will admit, as soon as I went to the point where I wasn't going to get promoted up, I suddenly just lost my enthusiasm for playing, uh-huh. you know, multiple games a week. So I just was dropping out of tournaments. So yeah. um, was that like, work, got, work got a bit busy. Was but... that round two? Was it? No, no. I got back to <laughs> I got back to a reasonable scoreline, um, and I could have, I think, ended up five and two or. And then I lost one, and I was like, "Oh, could I, I could end up five and Hold three because it's What it division right. are you in? Mandalore. There's been like five drops from the Jedi League. And... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can go back and play my last two games, and they are people that I would love to play against, um, because I did enjoy it. But work plus the XTC, so like I'm spending a lot of time running practice games and doing stuff, and like thinking about the XTC and watching streams and like trying to focus in on that and that's kind of taking all of my energy so um I just was like I don't want to play in like I was in the ready room list roulette and I was like I don't want to play random lists that'll make me not want to play my X my XTC list and then I don't want to you know get myself into a funk because I lost a game I thought I should have won and you know I want to try and focus in on those XCC games when I'm playing on TTS so it was mm-hmm. it was really about that plus work meaning I'm having to work late some nights plus some other stuff and I was just like I could play these games but I just don't have the motivation because I think the primary thing is I can play in real life now for these kind of pickup games so um, I don't think I I've gonna... played a game on TTS for months a month now maybe so like i can i'll stay in i'm gonna obviously stay in the sith taker league of course i am um because once the xtc finishes it'll be it'll be the games that i play on tts because by that point i'll be like playing one or two games a week on tts and one or two games a week in person and that's plenty for me um i don't want to play five games a night or whatever some mad people do but um (laughs) i mean all yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh, God. Uh, there's a few people that just I, I don't know how they do it that must have cloned themselves or something it's, it's just all they don't they don't have children or partners <laughs> well they've got grown up children it's the other one um yeah or they lot... just don't like them <laughs> yeah they just sit and do whatever they want it's all good <laughs> um so yeah i think um i think we're kind of running out of um stuff to talk about so um just to summarize, forums.atomicmassgames.com. Go and read the rules there. Um, you can't argue about them there, so feel free to argue about them on the Fly Better Facebook page. Um, that <laughs> seems to be to argue about rules. Um, or, or, I'm really know, glad that we've got this. I think it, it takes that argument out of it. It's like it's there. Get over it. 
Yeah. So like I, I was thinking about it, I, I am actually quite encouraged by the fact that it's a joint endeavor with the community. What I hope is that there is somebody internal to AMG who is who is absorbing this knowledge yeah. um, to become like a rules guru so that at some point in the future, when we say, you know, we want to ask a given question, Dee and Chris can go and say, what's the answer to this question? And they And they can then answer it in the context of the rules rather than having to say can you tell us what the answer should be according to the rules and then we'll tell you if that's fine or if we need to errata of the card um, imagine amg have the like the last say don't be do you know what i mean if if someone yeah. answers something they can swoop in and go no, no no this is the way it goes actually yeah like so they they could do it because i say so at any point yeah um like one of the rules is like the the, the concussion bomb um can can you bypass its must clause by dropping a different bomb? And the answer is yes. Um, but at any point, they could come in and say, you know, that means that you have to drop your concussion bomb. Basically, yeah. the, the 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 thematic thing is that you know the concussion bomb is in the bomb tube and it drops three in a row. You can't drop two and then quickly replace it for a seismic charge. Um, that won't that doesn't work. You know, they could just say it and dress it up however they want to. Um, but you know they're sticking with the rules that the community have, have come to at the minute, um, which is good. Um, I was a little bit dubious about the um, the unofficial rules document, but um, I've I've seen the light, and I think it's better that even if we're all wrong, at least we're all wrong. And, and you've got your whinge out and you feel better for it. Yeah, but you know what I'm like. <laughs> I like to have a whinge. I know. I like to, I like to have a little I'd like whinge. to see you whinge in person. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I like the sadness in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. So um so yeah there's uh, there's there's that forum there's also um we've we've posted it up in the discord and um hopefully we can stick it in the show notes but if you do want to keep track of what's going on in the XTC then the xtc.space um there's a stream calendar so like if you're working at home like a lot of us are at the moment um you can I'm literally just in. have a you can just have a laptop open next to you just constantly running stream games basically just to you know keep you and and they're all really excited. It was something actually. Last thing I just want to say is Fun Funwalk, one of the German players who regularly commentates on um, Exiled Gaming. Um, he's he's a really good commentator, and he was saying he's he's noticed that a lot of the XTC games that he's watching and that people are watching are coming down to the last couple of turns, and they're really tense and they're really exciting games. And uh, then he was like, "But I guess that's because the XTC has got teams that have been picked." So you don't have, you know, a field of 200 people or however many players there are playing in the XTC. I can't even remember. Seven times 30, something like over 220 or 230 or something um, players involved in it. None of them are weak. There's not a player who's going to go 0-6 and have a good time, but that's what they're expecting and it's fine. Th no, those players aren't in the tournament. Yeah, there's there's people like me <laughs> who, you know, do okay with one list and apart from that, go 3-3 three and three and it's fine. Um, but, you know, every team's got a player who goes 6-0 and or 5-1 and one at every tournament they go to, if not more than one. You know, every team's got, you know, the, the, the weaker players in teams are the players that you see going four and two, occasionally going five and one at tournaments. You know, it's it's really good. And, you know, we're playing against teams like Colombia who have got players who've only been playing the game for three months. And, you know, they've never played on a real table. They've only ever played on TTS. And players from Croatia who, you know, downloaded TTS the night before the tournament started and were getting, you know, taught how to how to play on TTS. 
um, because they'd played a few games a year ago, but they're Croatian, so they're in kind of thing. Um, and, you know, even those players are smashing it up. Like, you know, they're beating people who are world champions. They're beating people who are <laughs> oh, 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 oh. and this stuff. Well, no, I mean, it's it, it's it's true. You know, that the Colombian guy, um, Juan, when he was on the other week, um, the Colombian captain, Juan Quinch, um, was um was saying, you know, the, the, the guy who's who's beaten Ollie, that's like his like he's not been playing that long and he's gone to a tournament and yes his team lost six one but he beat the world champion. He was the one and he beat and you know and that's the thing about having you know having the world championship is you're constantly a scalp to everybody that you play against. Um but it's amazing for that player. You know, and you know we all get through a bit of banter at Ollie about it, so it's <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, anyway, the xtc.space, and um, I do also recommend that you go and have a, a look at the Discord because it's quite a good, funny, um, kind of quite friendly spot to be in as well. And uh, Filippo said that anybody could join it, it's not just for players and captains and stuff, so yeah, um, so Daryl, any shout outs that you want to do, anything else that you wanted to talk about? Anything you think, oh, here's a platform. There'll be at least 100 nerds listen to this. I want to get off <laughs> my chest. Uh, no, uh, not really. I'm just uh, hope to see a load of people in August whenever I'm over helping judge the uh, Sith Taker event. Uh, no point bringing me any whiskey this anyway. You're yeah, going to bring me some whiskey, but just don't bother. Yeah. Just bring yeah. it and I'll look after it at my house. <laughs> I sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ben, did you have any shout-outs at all? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just want to thank everyone who was in the Sith Taker League again. I uh, hope you'll join us all next season. Um, on the 22nd of this month, which is next Tuesday, I'm playing Chris from Tin Squadron on the, the Tin Stream. So it'd be nice for anyone who, uh, who listens to the show to join us. And then the last thing is... Zombie Squadron are in, I think it's Woking, you say it? This yeah. reopening. They're starting their events again. So if, if you're in the area, um, join the Facebook page. There's, there'll be more details there anyway. What's the guy called who won Coruscant who plays at Zombie Squadron? I don't know, but the Tom. guy who messaged me about it, his screen name come up as Ian Caught My Knee. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, I think it's Tom Fields. Tom Fieldston. Field, no, field. not Team Tom Fields, and that's the guy that flies Ray all the time. Yes, he's flying for the Greeks. Uh, yes, in the but he, he definitely didn't win it. There's a guy that won the, the system open and then went and won Coruscant. Oh, he came second in the system open, didn't he? Uh, yes, maybe. But anyway, um, I think I'm pretty yeah, sure he's yeah. Zombie Squadron. I can't remember his name. So, um, yeah, it's good to know that they're they're getting back up. Um, Tim, did you want to talk to us about some stats? Yeah, about our our two hundredth episode. Yeah, I thought it'd be uh, be nice to uh, a few little shout outs and obviously thanks to you know, all the listeners and uh, guests that have come on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, 200 episodes. Um, we've currently on an all time 76,300 plays. Um, I was looking down the the, uh, the city, so I was a bit annoyed that London was beating Manchester in the, the number of plays. But then I realized that Stockport was separate. Uh, and a Stockport is uh, part of Greater Manchester, though I think we'll claim them. Um, so I think Manchester and Stockport are like 2,800 versus London's 2,000. 
I uh, guess the problem with that is that Rick Cooper's 2,700 of those 2,800 <laughs> plays. <laughs> uh, I'll get on to Rick in it shortly. Um, so uh, shout out to the X-Wing uh, podcast listeners in Tacoma, USA, which is in Washington State, uh, who take the third spot. Um, wow, really? I yeah. didn't see that coming. That's cool. So in the last year, we got something like 35,500 plays in the UK and 24,400 in the US, which you kind of expect. Uh, Canada hits us with 2,000 and then Sweden with 1,900. A uh, little shout out to the bottom four countries. So if you're from India, Lithuania, Saudi Arabia, Greece and Sri Lanka, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, individuals. Uh, Rick Cooper has played 501 episodes and we've only made 200 so it must be uh must be so good that rick's had to listen to it a few times i've always been trouble you know sleeping over maybe the last he just year. missed us um during <laughs> lockdown and wanted to hear he's, some familiar voices he's, he's gone back through the first 50 that were only 15 minutes long well it's like <laughs> so J- jason's in second with 360 so i, I can get get jason's probably doing it whilst he's painting or whatever so that yeah. kind of makes sense um the most played episodes in the last couple of years. So we have the Hyperspace Trial in Bristol, 648. That's in third place. In wow. uh, second place is episode 130, which was titled How We All Got Good, brackets, well, not as bad, 700 plays. <laughs> Any idea what the most played episode in the last two years might be? I think it's the one where Will went off on one about Nantex. <laughs> Spot on. Uh, Sky, <laughs> Skyfall, uh, 805 plays, episode 110, uh, which was recorded on the 30th of September 2019. And the, the notes for that was, um, Colm is joined by Bob and Will, and the topic is the impact the Nantex is having on the game and the player base. Good, bad, or ugly. Some people hate the ship and its new play style, but is this just a big meta shake-up that the players need to adapt to? Is the Nantex going to be all-conquering, or does it have its flaws? Find out what the guys think of on today's show. So essentially... Turned out that Will was really wrong. Yeah, because <laughs> no one flies it, so clearly he was wrong. I think Will's argument was, you all just have to learn how to play against it. It's not that good. You can lose with it. And then it turned out that you can lose with it only if you fly with your eyes closed and your brain completely switched off. And, you know, yeah. Fantastic. Um, So um, we actually recorded, the 100th episode actually went out on 7th of September. So obviously, um, since we obviously changed the format from three like mini shows a week to to uh, one a week because obviously you know the release schedules uh, slowed down but since then we've actually had the 48,000 plays so we've actually had more plays uh, in our second year than we did in the first year which is really good to see that obviously you know it's you know the listenership is expanding and obviously people are going back and listening to old shows I imagine um and risen actually uh kicks rick off the top spot so rick's obviously slowed down in the last year so needs to pick up the pace a little or sorry slow slow down the last hundred episodes <laughs> he just needs to start listening to everything three times instead of twice <laughs> yeah uh, but no uh, yeah i'll just say again like you know it's crazy to think that we've been going since um when was it but it was it january 2019 it was early 2019 wasn't it um yeah. and um uh, obviously we, when we started the episodes or start the podcast we'd never have thought um Maybe perhaps we'd be going for 200 episodes, but certainly uh, the impact COVID has had on our community 
how we've sort of had to adapt and move to you know online play and everything like that um so yeah hopefully we'll see another 100 episodes um get a bit more content from in play uh you know tournaments and everything like that happening so yeah all good interesting to think how the um how the cast has kind of organically just kind of developed because it started off you know column bob dan slob uh will i think yeah. and then kind of you know dan dropped away and oh, dan did one episode in and <laughs> did he only do one episode i thought he did a yeah, couple yeah. i think he did the first um, episode and that was it yeah he did the first episode because he won the sith taker whatever it was no it was nerf further further, yeah and then and then he decided he wasn't playing x-wing anymore um but you know we've obviously had you know people like adam dave um sean um have stepped up at various points you know we've had a whole bunch of the sith takers on i think most of the sith takers have been on at one point or another um talking about various aspects and elements of the game and gaming and you know stuff in general um so you know there's a, a big thanks to go to the whole squadron because ultimately you know the, it, it's easy to run out of stuff to talk about but also you know we're very clearly a bunch of average x-wing players that are getting a little bit better and you know it it's great that we get the support of the the team and of the community um because you know we're not a world champion or a system open winner or anything like that which would be lovely if we were um <laughs> but you know we're not at the minute we just know some of them we have got we're, someone we're all squadron, regional but it's not us technically we're regional <laughs> finalists regional regionals finalists or hyperspace <laughs> finalists yeah it yeah. sounds better if you say regionalist it does yeah it does i mean at one point my medal cabinet for x-wing was i won a game night kit once so you know i think yeah like you said that's a good thing is that we've we've been able to cycle people around because even i've got burnt out at times and and need a break so people like um i think coleman sean have have stepped in haven't they at at times to to take over the editing um so yeah it has been good and also like i think you know trying to have a, a different voice on each week does bring different perspectives and hopefully you know hopefully everybody appreciates the sort of you know the format and and how it's going and it must be must be working as such because obviously the numbers look looking decent so um, yeah. yeah and we get all these cool guys on from other parts of the world now because of the XTC and even before the XTC you know we had all the guys on from you know Germany and Norway you know you and and the community is all the X-Men community it it gets said a lot but I think it's kind of it gets said so much that it loses some of the impact but like you know we we send a message to people after they win an event or after they do well and we say hey would you like to come on to the podcast and inevitably they say yeah sure that'd be cool and then they come on and talk so you know we got recently we got you know Nicholas God on we got Andrew Oleron you know from Canada we get you know people on from you know Australia Peru Chile all over the place so yeah so massive thanks to the community for actually you know letting us come on and ask you dumb questions because that's really (laughs) appreciated and volunteering as well like because sometimes we're just like we literally have nothing to talk about does anyone want to come on and talk about stuff and then Tom Fieldsend is like I'll come on and talk about Ray for an hour it's like in you come (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, the like, fact that like you've Darryl, had listen. everybody like Eric, who's helping to make TTS go, and you've got, yeah. I don't know who it is, makes TTT. Um, but, you know, with all the online events that have been going on for the past year, you've got, you know, sort of yeah. regular events, but then you've got people coming up with events where, you know, you randomly 
decide one of three lists to fly or really weird list restrictions like you know everything needs to be a named pilot and you can just clone that named pilot eight times if you want stupid things like that so there's been a lot going on a lot of variety which has been nice yeah those steel city tournaments um they they haven't done one for a bit um but they and they kept saying they were going to do a um another team event and then obviously it's the xtc now so like everybody who would be in the team event isn't <laughs> wanting to do it so um but yeah there's it, it's been brilliant so um on that really friendly and happy note i think we've run like about as long as we're ever allowed to run before tim just pulls the plug so <laughs> i'd uh, also like to just say i can't wait oh. to meet like people who've been listening to us and actually have a beer together because that'd be awesome yeah go and say hello to ben at the Sith taker open we'll get drunk i like getting drunk yeah and uh, at some point, <laughs> at some point in the future, I might get a chance to see you all as well. So, <laughs> and have one stubby, and then be asleep in the corner. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. I, I went yeah, you out. You just for, get obnoxiously loud. You know, man. I went out for beers the other uh, last week with a couple of the lads from work that I, I'd never met, but I'd, I'd worked with, and uh, like I've known these blokes for. Uh, a year and one of them was a lot shorter than I was expecting because you know I've only ever seen him from kind of the shoulders upwards <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> I thought you'd be taller <laughs> yeah it was a bit uh, it was a bit odd but I had I had seven drinks and I was still able to walk home so it was fine so if yeah. anyone sees me in real life I am a lot shorter <laughs> <laughs> even even than you think he is I know you all think he's short but he's even shorter than that I look more like a goblin than anyone can say <laughs> Right. Okay. Uh, so, um, <laughs> don't wrap it up before this just degenerates any deteriorates even. Um, so, thank you very much again to Daryl for coming on and uh, and talking to us. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's been good. Cheers. And uh, it's, so it's goodbye from me. Bye bye. Goodbye from Ben. Bye. And goodbye from Daryl. See you later. And goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And we'll catch you on the 201st episode of the podcast. Cheerio. (laughs) We started singing my, my, this tyrannical guy. Maybe Vader someday later, now he's just a small fry. And he left his home and kissed his mommy goodbye. Saying, soon I'm going to be a Jedi. Soon I'm going to be a Jedi. Okay. I've heard quite a lot of... Wookie recordings in the outros. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I do my best work. Take it you're hosting this time, Rich. Yeah, I can do, yeah. Good. <clears throat> Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm never ready. Hello there, and welcome to the...